just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Today on CityCast Salt Lake, more than 20 years after Donnie Osmond graced our screens in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, theater director Casey Spatafora is ready to revive Salt Lake's favorite musical as the big gay production he always knew it could be. I am in. So I asked Casey what it would take to make it happen. It's Thursday, December 1st, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Casey Spatafora, you're a theater person. I am. Theater kid, lifelong? We'll say since middle school. Well, no, actually, there was a backyard production of Peter Pan that I was in when I was about six years old. So, yes, we'll say lifelong. You effing love Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. That's a... How do you... (laughs) No? No? No, I I do. I do. It's it's new to me, to be honest, having that moniker. Hmm. How do you sell this musical, which, like, it looks... Pretty bananas. I'll confess, I've never seen it. Like, how would you sell this musical to me? It's a lot of, it's fun. I mean, that's the the best adjective I could think to describe it. It's fun. It doesn't take itself seriously whatsoever. Mm, those are two things I love. Yeah. It kind of feels like Andrew Lloyd Webber, who wrote it, was like, how many musical genres can I fit into one thing and accept that it's just going to be to use your word bananas. It is bananas. That's just, it is what it is. Could you briefly trace like the actual plot line for me? Because I'm really struggling. (laughs) Yeah. So let's go back to Genesis 39. Okay. On my way. (laughs) So it's about Joseph from Genesis. He gets a multicolored coat from his dad. His brothers are jealous. They sell him into slavery. His owner thinks his wife is cheating on him with Joseph, throws him in jail. Joseph interprets the dream of a baker and a butler who used to work for Pharaoh. The butler is freed, tells the Pharaoh about Joseph because Pharaoh's having dreams. Pharaoh brings Joseph to help. Joseph tells the future accurately based on dreams. Brothers come and beg for help, realize it's Joseph, reunited, happy, end. (laughs) Okay. I have to give you props for that. That was like an excellent, concise, like a little bit drunk history retelling of this musical that I love. Why do you love it so much? I didn't used to be. I used to actually Mm -hmm. kind of point to it as what's wrong in theater and why it's like, I hate this musical. It's dumb. Everyone just does this show. And all that's true. But (laughs) there's also room to love it. Um, I actually fell in love with it because I started making fun of it uh, via these memes that I make on this Twitter account. Mm -hmm. So it was during the pandemic. There wasn't much to do, obviously. Andrew Lloyd Webber starts this initiative where he's going to put his shows on YouTube for free to watch for a week. And the first one was Joseph. And I watched it. And I'd seen it before, but I watched him like, yep, this is so amazing and stupid. 
So I made some memes just and sent them to my friends. And then I'm like, I'll put them online. And then people loved them. And so I had to kind of keep consuming this musical to keep making yeah. them. And just over time, I'm like, you know what? This is amazing. It's campy. It's fun. It's nonsense. But it's a lot of it's joyous. I watched a little bit of the version that I think you're talking about, which is the direct to TV version, right? With Donny Osmond. Yeah, it was like it was like a full on filmed on a set movie. Richard yeah. Attenborough's in it. Like it's I threw it on this morning while I was having coffee and watched like probably the first twenty five minutes. <laughs> and what happened for me, which I was not expecting, is I mean, Utahns love Donny Osmond. Yeah. Right? And I never fully understood it, but after watching this, I was like, oh, he's kind of a sexy baby. <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah. I feel like I had this moment of being like, is Donny Osmond good looking? He is. He's handsome. It had never occurred to me. He's all like very undressed in this production for a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. He's a dreamboat. Okay, let's talk. Let's let's talk broader Utah, though, because sure. I feel like you and I watching this musical and being like, is this a gay story is not necessarily every Utah's interpretation, no. or maybe it is. Like, why do you think it's so beloved here? It's from the 70s, and so I don't know how popular it was until I became cognizant of the world and could start <laughs> realizing. But I feel like once that this Donny Osmond version came out, or even when he was he toured with it, it was like the Canadian tour or something that he was on, mm -hmm. and. I think that kind of caught Utah's attention because it was Donny Osmond. And I think from there, they just found this really fun musical that has a big cast so community theaters could do it. It doesn't have anything yeah. really objectionable in it. I mean, arguably. Mm -hmm. It's fun. It's silly. The songs are it's great. Biblical. The music's great. And it's biblical, but not like Jesus biblical. Because when it's Jesus biblical, it becomes controversial. So like Godspell mm -hmm. or Jesus Christ Superstar, stay away from it. But Joseph... Old Testament, who cares? We yeah. can do that. Well, that's another thing I realized when I was watching it is that for basically 30 years now, I have been conflating Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat with Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never seen Jesus Christ Superstar, and I feel like that's <laughs> wrong of me, and I will do my best to rectify that, but I have not seen it. Yeah, but I think you touch on something, which is that like it is a real definitive Utah experience to have either been cast as an, an extra as whatever in mm -hmm. this show or had to sit through a community theater version or had the privilege of sitting through an incredible <laughs> community theater version. And in that way, it's special. But yeah, like all things that are deeply embedded in Utah culture, I feel like if you shift your lens a little bit in watching this show, you're like... This should be the biggest, gayest production of all time. Absolutely, and it should. And it almost is You already. want to make that, <laughs> is my understanding. I sure do. Yes, I do. Can you paint us a, a picture of what that would be like? So I, I'm of two minds on this. I think it could go mm -hmm. either direction. And a lot of it comes from just like how the vibe is, who, and who auditions, all of that stuff. But you can either go down the allegory route and try and kind of say something with it, like... In my mind, Joseph is the cis white gay man who has a million Instagram followers and is very self-important and thinks of himself as like the ambassador for queerness. And <laughs> this feels like a subtweet. Go on. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm some of those things, <laughs> but um, <laughs> and then kind of paint him in a way of like, yeah, maybe he deserves this. Hmm. And all of his, all of the the brothers would be kind of represent other members of the LGBTQIA plus spectrum, like have some hmm. lesbians, some like BIPOC people, some drag queens, like just kind of run the gamut of like the less mainstream accepted by cis straight white society kind of heterosexual world kind of have him joseph learn through his journey or you could just be like hey let's have this be campy fun and everyone's gay and we just let everyone express that part of themselves as fully as they can on stage and just Mm -hmm. embrace it and just decide that every character in this musical is gay and just go with it and see Mm -hmm. where we go so I think it's one of the yeah. two ways and I flip flop back and forth and I think there's room maybe to combine them. Yeah. Personally, I like the idea of the allegory because I Me feel too. like when I'm sitting through a musical and they're like, it's a musical, but everyone's gay. I want to be like, everyone's already gay. <laughs> it's like, that's already true. <laughs> You're not doing anything new. <laughs> The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. Okay, what's your dream casting? I love the dream casting game. Oh, Who's your geez. dream Joseph casting in your big gay Joseph Technicolor production? Well, in my mind, Joseph is played by Claiborne Elder. I don't know if you know who that is. He's a no. He's a Broadway actor. He was recently in the revival of Company. He's also currently on... The, the Gilded Age. Oh, He's on the wow. Gilded Age. Yeah. And he is from Provo mm-hmm. and went to BYU and grew up Mormon and is gay. He sure did. 
And so that would be great. But also, you know, he's got real world things to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, bring Donny okay. Osmond in. Why not have Donny Osmond play <sighs> Jacob? Yeah, that's sort of that feels like a, a, a traditional path. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyone, any like local actors or local folks that you would want to cast in? Yeah, I've, I, have, I have so many gay friends who are in the theater community that I don't want to like name off any specifically because I'm hoping yeah. they actually audition. I don't want to be like, this person I have in mind for this, this person for this. Right, I mean, right, right. But I feel like every gay theater person I know has either been in Joseph and kind of had a little bit of a gay awakening or saw a production of Joseph and had a little bit of a gay awakening. So it's like this universal Utah theater experience that like everyone's already gay already. Let's actually own it and like make our version of it. Wait, you said something interesting, which is saw Joseph and had a bit of a gay awakening. Do you think that's common? Well, I, it was for me. <laughs> it was for you? Oh, yeah. Community theater production 2000 or 1999, one of the two. Yeah, it was just like I remember watching it being like, okay, <laughs> the men were very attractive. And mm-hmm. I was sitting there watching them and it was just like, oh, this something. Okay, I get it. And I feel like that's I've also heard that from other people, too that they've been watching it. And I think that just comes naturally from the fact that it's a family musical where suddenly there's a muscular shirtless man in front of you unexpectedly. And so she's like, oh, this is jarring. Wait, what's this doing? Yeah. To quote Wicked, what is this feeling? What is this feeling? So sudden and new. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I felt the moment I laid eyes on you. <laughs> That's just me to Donnie. Okay. Alvin. It's fine. That's right. Uh, he's your Kristen Chenoweth or Adina Menzel, <laughs> if you will. Well, exactly. Yeah. I want this to happen. I want to go to this production. What do you need to make this happen? Mostly money. (laughs) Yeah. So musicals are ridiculously expensive to produce. And the biggest expense is a venue. So it's a matter of finding a venue that one, will have us. (laughs) And two, Mm -hmm. that we can afford. And by we, I mean me. It's just me doing this. So. Yeah, I love that. I run a theater company. I've produced 25 plays at this point directed Mm -hmm. 20 so like i know what i'm doing as far as building a show it's just having the means to do so right and you have a gofundme right i do i have a gofundme and i'm personally putting in like my own money i have like some budget breakdowns on the gofundme of like here's this possibility here's this possibility of what we would need Mm -hmm. and i also recently got a grant from the state of utah to do this yes i saw that I love that. Only for $1,500, but hey, thanks, Utah. Let's do it. I have really no idea what it costs to put on a community theater production. Mm-hmm. Can you give me a ballpark? So just the, the royalties to pay to Concord Theatricals, who owns the rights, is depending on the audience size, so how big the auditorium we're in, anywhere between three to nine grand for that. Wow. And then okay. the venue, again, in a pinch, I've done a budget for this that runs around eight grand, but that's for a, a small black box theater that's not that only holds forty people. Grander scale, it's about twelve grand to get it on its feet. And okay. the idea with that would be profit sharing with the artists. So yeah, that's the money to get it off the ground, and then any money we take in gets split among the people. I mean, you run a theater company. I imagine you're so busy. This is you're pursuing something that's kind of a passion project on top of this being your line of work. And we're talking about quite a bit of money here. Why is it so important to you to see this through? Because it burrowed itself in my brain and I just can't let it go, I guess. Hmm. 
I think part of the golden goose is that I haven't ever personally directed a large scale musical. Mostly I direct dramas and comedies, but like smaller scale, but like getting a big cast on a big stage and with a big show and having it be this one that celebrates queerness, which is what most of the theater I do does anyway. But then taking that to a next level and adding music and dancing and all that jazz, sometimes literally jazz, depending on which number (laughs) we're talking about. Casey Spadafora, thank you so much for your time. We're rooting for you. We want to come see it. Please do. I'll get you tickets. Wes Long wrote this great cover story for City Weekly about the history of theater in Salt Lake City. I learned that in 1947, Orson Welles directed and starred in a production of Macbeth for the University of Utah. Hilarious. Wes's piece feels really timely given the news that the Box Theater is the gateway is closing. The beloved venue will host its last performance on Christmas Day. One of the things that made the Box so special is that it was affordable. In a city with a rent crisis, it's really expensive for grassroots theater groups to find a venue in their budget. And now the cheapest, most communal option is about to be off the table. In his City Weekly piece, Wes quoted an actor who said there is an unusual amount of interesting theatrical work in Salt Lake when you compare it with the city's size. Could venue affordability start to impact that? I don't want to find out. But you should check out the piece. I linked it in the show notes. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. In case we've hooked you on the merits of Donny Osmond's Joseph, lead producer Emily Means found the entire thing on YouTube, and we linked it in the show notes for you first-timers. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city, but I do leave you with this voicemail from Emily's mom about her love of Joseph and Donny. Hey, CityCast. This is Mary Beth Means. I live in Layton, Utah, and I just wanted to call and let you know that I saw Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat in Chicago when Donnie was out there. It was an amazing show. Set was great. Costumes were great. And, of course, Donnie was A1 in his loincloth. So you guys have a great day. I love your show, and uh, have a great day. Bye.